We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. If you'd like to get more involved in the conversation, join our Facebook group at Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. This week's guest is Charles Alexander. Charles' mission in life is to help busy professionals stand out in a crowded marketplace that is filled with the Me Too advisors. He does this by creating story-based explainer videos for busy professionals, like financial advisors, insurance agents, or anyone else that is in an advisory role. That helps them explain what they do and ultimately show personality. Charles, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Lori. I appreciate it. I am excited for this conversation because you are in an interesting space right now where everyone's doing video, aren't they? Absolutely. It's, uh, it has, abs- it, it's changed quite a bit, not just in the past few weeks, but even, uh, you know, overall in the past year, especially now that we're all learning to work from home and, uh, remotely a little bit more, it's more important than ever. Mm-hmm. It sure is. So how do you create the perfect little story? So for me, I always work uh, with clients who are usually in an advisory role in some way, shape, form, or fashion. As you mentioned, quite a bit financial folks and insurance folks. But one thing I always want to get across to them, a lot of the video out there right now is just somebody staring mindlessly into a camera, rambling for about 10 minutes, hoping to eventually land on a point. More than anything, we need stories in our videos, and that's you know that that's not a new thing. Obviously, that dates all the way back to the caveman days. When you look on the cave walls, you you don't see facts and figures posted up there. They're they're trying to tell a story through, you know, the, putting whatever they could on the on the cave walls. So that's really the big thing that I try to get across to people now. So in, in my particular case, I have folks. Uh, fill out this uh, really simple six question form. And from there is where I'll write the story. Uh, And what I want people to understand is that the hero of the story, that's not you, Lori, the hero of the story is your uh, client or potential customer. They're the ones that need to see themselves in the story, in the video. They're the ones that get to take this hero's journey, so to speak. I love that. I think that's great. I think it's so important to put the emphasis on the person that you are having the conversation with, such as we're doing right now. (laughs) That's right. The uh, analogy I've stolen from StoryBrand is uh, actually a great business right here in Nashville, Uh, but they always uh, point back to Star Wars. And I don't know, Lori, have you seen Star Wars? Uh, Maybe once or twice. (laughs) I spoke to somebody today who hadn't seen it. I didn't, I I was stumped. I didn't know how to reply to it. Oh, I'm a a fan for sure. Good. (laughs) All right. So in, in Star Wars, and when I say, you know, the first one, I guess fourth one, which is the first to me when I was a kid, uh, the idea was that Luke had a problem. You know, he woke up on the planet that I can't remember the name of with the two sons and everything was fine. And then, Later, it wasn't. And he had to learn the force, defeat the dark side, and, you know, move on to the Empire Strikes Back. Well, in most cases, a lot of the advisors I work with, my clients want to be Luke Skywalker. 
uh, but they're not. I have to teach them that the customer gets to be Luke Skywalker. They're the one going on this journey. The advisor that's my client in this case that's creating a video needs to be Yoda. They're the short green guy with big ears that talks funny that's suddenly popular again because of the Mandalorian. They are the ones that train Luke. He goes through the journey, but they provide the guidance. And then once they provide the guidance, we flip the story back to him and he gets to be the uh, one with a happy ending. That's awesome. I've heard similar analogies, but it definitely makes sense. Um, so what are, I'm sorry. Well, no, I was going to say, yeah, there's several. You could, I've <laughs> borrowed several from Pixar too. For sure. Well, I mean, it, it's obviously a storyline that works. That's why these organizations are oh, yeah. widely successful. <laughs> so what are some of the best ways to incorporate videos in your marketing that ultimately help you generate the best ROI? So the best ways, it just depends on what you are currently using. I, I am not a big advocate for trying to explain to people that they need to have an entirely new digital plan if what they are currently doing works somewhat. And, and for a lot of the people I've worked with, what they're doing has some, uh, you know, it, it works a little bit. So what I tell them, first and foremost, your website uh, needs to have video, uh, primarily video above the fold on, on the landing page of the first thing that someone else sees. Because even though there are a dozen different ways to drive traffic to your site, one of the most common ways from somebody in an advisory role or any small business or whoever it could be is still word of mouth and referral, correct? Mm-hmm. 100%. So when somebody is asking around who who they should you know, what restaurant they should go to or what real estate agent they should use. The first thing they do is go to their website. They don't necessarily pick up the phone. They don't email. They visit them online. When they do that, if they go to your site and it looks like everybody else's, well, they don't really have a good reason to call you. You didn't stand out. You didn't speak to them. But if you have a video that's right there, and especially one I like, I like animated video, and that's what I generally make the most of. That is something that lowers their guard a little bit. They don't feel like they're being sold to. And it's really easy to tell a story within that animated video so they can watch it. They can see themselves in the animated video, see their problem and see that there's a solution for it and that there's a happy result. So that's one of the very first places I tell people uh, to put video, put it on the home page, take off all of the jargon, take off all of the, uh, you have a bunch of used uh, stock photo, get rid of it. Put a video there and then other simple places for low hanging fruit, quick win, whatever, insert, you know, buzzword here. Uh, you can put it into email or when you do an email follow up with that same person, have a new video that kind of, you know, tells them you're following up with them and here's what the next steps are. Or if you have uh, an email marketing campaign, that's a great place for video or in your email signature, that's a great place for video. And then uh, the obvious answer is, of course, within your social media. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, and I am a huge LinkedIn user. Mm -hmm. And that is a great place where you can upload video natively. And most importantly, in any of the social media platforms, they all have a messaging feature. Put video in that messaging feature and that will make you stand out as quick or quicker than anybody else that you're going to come across uh, while you're trying to have a one-to-one -one conversation through social media. And of course, there's, you know, a variety of other ways you could use video, use it within your uh, presentations. And th there's, you know, opportunities for pay-per-click ads. Just there's a, a wide variety of ways to do it. 
Yeah, I love that you've shared so many different ways to really maximize and leverage video because it's it just so powerful. And, and looking at, you know, social media and just engagement overall, like you were saying, video tends to get some of the highest um, engagement and conversion at the end of the yes. day. And I've quit even bothering people with all of the statistics behind it because you can Google that and I don't that that's that's done. I mean, we we know the video works more than just text or PDFs or just plain pictures uh, because there's the data that backs it up. But just more importantly, think about anytime you're doing research or you're trying to, you know, decide if you're going to move your financials with somebody or pick out a, a a real estate agent. These are you'll watch that video quicker than you will read anything. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. So what are some hidden do's and don'ts when it comes to video? Well, one don't is don't make a video that sucks. <laughs> and I, okay. I know they should be a given and I do want to give people leeway. You've got to get started somewhere. So whatever video you create first, if you keep doing it in a year from now, you'll hate that first video, but you have to start somewhere. So I totally get that. But the hidden do's and don'ts. So like I said, I create animated videos and there's the opposite of that is the talking head video. And if you'll scroll through any social media platform, you will see countless talking head videos. So the don'ts for those is don't skip the storyline. Don't go in without a script. Don't go in without a plan. And there's a lot of people that just hit, hit the record button in the first 30 seconds sounds like, Hey, uh, okay guys. Well, mm, here's what's on my mind lately. Uh, so and they, they never get to a point until, you know, you're about ready to turn the thing off. Mm -hmm. So get to your point, have good audio. Uh, that's one key ingredient that a lot of people skip. We will watch a grainy video, uh, with a good message as long as it has good audio versus a Hollywood produced video with bad a Hollywood produced video with bad audio. We won't watch it. We'll turn that off. So make sure you get, you invest a few bucks in a mic. I'm speaking to you right now in a uh, snowball mic. Mm -hmm. uh, you you got I don't know what that mic is in front of you. I'm staring right at your picture. Like we're having a conversation on your social capital uh, podcast <laughs> site, sure. but you've got a fancy mic. Uh -huh. Oh yeah. Uh, no, I didn't go cheap on that. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, really for 40 or 50 bucks, you can get something that's going to work for you off Amazon. So the other things, Keep the video short but sweet. 90 seconds seems to be the sweet spot uh, for a wide variety of reasons. We have uh, the attention span of a goldfish. Uh, literally, once you get into things that are longer than two and three minutes, you better be Oscar nominated worthy to hold somebody's attention. <laughs> and then nice. uh, have, the, have the video doing something. Um, even if it's just going to be the talking head video, be really good, but feel free to throw in some text, some graphics, some alternate angles and uh, test to see what folks react to and, and try to give them more of what, what they're coming to you for. But you know, the, the script and the audio are really key right now. Yeah, I agree with that. I think uh, having, having a plan of what you intend to communicate um, just like anything that you're doing is extremely important and, and doing it just to do it is not, going to be effective at all. You probably have to repeat that quite a bit to people that want to hire you and just wave a magic <laughs> wand over their 
social or digital life, don't you? Oh, for sure. Like, oh, just do this for me. Okay, let's yeah. step back. Let's build a plan here. Let's yeah, do they, they, they want to tell you that, well, we had an intern doing it, but you know, he or she quit. And I don't know. It didn't work for us in the first place. And then you have to be the one that tells them, well, that's because you had an intern doing it for you. <laughs> it's like you can hear what's happening in our offices. <laughs> well. All right. Well, let's talk about networking a little bit. That's really the focus of the social capital show here. My goal is to alleviate any fears that someone might have when they hear that word networking. So can you share with our listeners one of your most successful or favorite networking experiences that you've had? I can tell you about one of the very first networking experiences I had, and we'll talk about what worked and what didn't work there. It was a, a Chamber of Commerce Leads Exchange. And I know that may be called different things in different places, but it's a, a very similar concept. It's kind of an entry-level networking place where you'll go in for 60 seconds. Everybody will introduce themselves and do their elevator pitch. And I went and I sat there and listened to a financial advisor. I heard a banker. I heard a mortgage lender. And they all kind of stood up and said the same exact thing. Nobody told a story. Nobody asked how they could really help anybody else. They were just said, hey, we've got years of uh, customer service experience, and I've got a lot of letters behind my name, and we got a lot of certifications. And ultimately, the one that I think did the best overall out of all of them was uh, this florist at the end who hopped up, told a story about how they had just helped somebody, and it was a tough situation, but it was a – uh, funeral and they found the right, you know, uh, set of flowers that worked just for them. And that was it. Everybody went to go speak to him afterwards and everybody blew off all the uh, high powered folks with nice ties. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Storytelling goes such a long way. And obviously that's what your, your expertise lies in. So um, definitely makes sense. You know, the story is what pulls people in just like what you shared with the star Wars and Pixar and, uh, that's, that's the way to build the relationships and get people's attention. And networking right now, and I'm sure you've already hit on this and will continue to do so is going to, is going to be different for a while. And then even after, uh, everything kind of resumes to quote unquote normal, I will hopefully keep some of the practices we've learned as we're all distanced from each other, but networking just what works in general, and I, and I think you probably share this quite a bit, is just showing some genuine interest in someone else and actually being legitimately helpful and talking like a real person instead of always being into a sales pitch. Oh, totally. 100% agree with that. Um, that's definitely what it's all about is, is being genuine and adding value. It's not, here's, here's my business card and hire me to do work for you. <laughs> it's, it's how can I help you? That's really what networking is about. So Charles, how do you stay in front of or best nurture your network in your community? Primarily through uh, content marketing that goes uh, as much or more through email marketing and um, utilizing the LinkedIn messaging platform as much or more than anything. And I know there's tons of different ways to do it, uh, but what works primarily uh, is speaking to somebody as you would speak to them in real life, removing all of the jargon, all of the, like you just said, the, the sales pitches, just speaking to somebody like you and I are having a conversation right now. Mm -hmm. And the reason I find that email and uh, LinkedIn messaging still works really well, uh, going back to email for sure, uh, a lot of people I think get cute and want to declare it dead, but I went through my old emails the other day 
and actually found an email from my wife, who was actually my girlfriend at the time from 20 years ago. That's awesome. It looks, I mean, it was really sweet too. She was telling me all about how she was going to the computer lab and she missed me and blah, 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 computer lab. Can you imagine? <laughs> uh, I haven't heard that phrase in a long time. <laughs> they, I mean, they still exist. I just don't think students need them anymore, but it uh -huh. was brand new at the time. We both went to Middle Tennessee State University and they had this thing called the computer lab. And, you know, computers <laughs> cost a fortune back then. No telling what that computer lab uh, wasn't, you know, the investment was. Anyways. That email is through my own old Yahoo account that I still have today. And the emails still look the same. You know, back then they didn't have a bunch of emojis and GIFs or GIFs or whatever you want to call them to put in there. But it's the same platform. And email still has three times the number of um, accounts that all of the social media accounts combined have. Your email looks the same and has looked the same for 20 years. It's just way fuller than it used to be. Mm -hmm. The advantage to that is there's a lot of just junk in it. A lot of yeah. people that are sending out boring newsletters that they're not. Again, I keep hitting on this. They don't have video. They don't have stories. They don't have anything that's fun. They just have jargon. But if you'll speak to somebody in a plain language and the way that you want to be spoken to and you'll nurture the relationship that way. I send out one every couple of weeks. I'll throw in animated videos or sometimes it's just text. And sometimes I just ask them questions and hope to get a response. But I also do the same thing, not just on LinkedIn, but I have some select accounts that I'll go back and follow up with monthly just to check in on them. And that's an individual way. It takes a little bit of time, but it's totally worth it uh, to reach out to people on a one-on-one -on -one basis. Totally. I agree that one-on-one outreach is like you said very it can be very time intensive but it can be it, it it's just being real with people and, and touching base with them instead of you know doing a mass email blast or something along those times it just seems more genuine at the end of the day it does i even tell folks when they create their email marketing campaigns remove all of the you know, remove all of the hyperlinks to 10 other things, remove the stock photo, remove the stuff that doesn't look like it's directly from you. Don't make it look like a newsletter. Look like you're trying to talk to somebody. Yeah, exactly. So what advice would you offer that business professional who's looking to grow their network? Do it specifically. Um, you've hit on this and I've, I've kind of rounded back to it. I work with a wide variety of uh, industries, but most notably more financial and insurance uh, than anybody else. Uh, and when I'm going out and making some new connections, I look specifically to people that are, that I want to work with, that are like clients that are my favorites, not necessarily even the highest grossing or highest revenue ones, but uh, I, I tend to stick within a niche. And I know it's, you, you're in Milwaukee, you say niche. I'm in Nashville, we say niche. Uh, <laughs> so what you're wanting to do is, you know, kind of Find uh, your tribe, so to speak, the people you uh, have a lot in common with. In my case, I'm 44, married with uh, three kids that have been really good and haven't bombarded the door in here yet, but that are 11, 8, and 7. And, uh, you know, I connect with people that are kind of in that same realm that, you know, they're in an, an advisory role. So when I'm growing that network, and more than not, uh, you know, I think a lot of people are talking about doing that online, look specifically for those people on that, on your social media platform of choice, or when you go to a networking event, uh, don't go to just the generic ones that have one of every industry in it. Go to a, a trade show, go to a convention of that target market and be, you know, the only digital marketing expert at the uh, dry cleaners uh, 
and mention this year and be the one that talks directly to them about what they, I don't know about dry cleaners, but that could be your choice. Uh, but <laughs> go, go speak to whoever that is directly. And then once you get ingrained uh, there, you can speak and walk, talk and, and, and take the, uh, you know, walk the walk that they do and talk the talk that they do. You'll become that trusted advisor for them for whatever your profession is. Totally. hundred percent agree. So let's go back to your 20-year-old self. What would you tell yourself to do more of, less of, or differently with regards to your professional career? With regards to the professional career, I would probably would have told him to, to consider getting an actual internship in a field to see if that's what you wanted to do or not. Uh, but quite frankly, you know, a lot of the things that I got wrong, one of the things that I got right was kind of allowed myself to be open to whatever was going to come my way. I didn't have a clue what I wanted to be when I grew up. I just knew I liked people. And I've been more into uh, training and content creating uh, ever since that point. So probably one of the better things I would have told him would be to study more and drink less. (laughs) Sound advice overall. (laughs) All right. So we've all heard of the six degrees of separation. Charles, who would be the one person that you'd love to connect with? And do you think you could do it within the sixth degree? Seth Godin. Nice. And surely I could, I'm connected with 17,000 people on LinkedIn. Uh, go through there and look. I got a couple of high profiles on there. I might have a second degree connection. You might. Maybe you're my second degree connection. I don't know if I'm connected with (laughs) You'll find out. (laughs) That, I I mean, maybe, who knows? Maybe like long time ago, I wasn't paying attention and just kind of casually connected with someone. (laughs) I would imagine I would know if I was connected firsthand with Seth Golden. (laughs) Well, we need to make that happen. Mm-hmm, absolutely. All right. So here's your opportunity to interview me. What is something you'd like to ask me, Charles? Something I would like to ask you is what is your top single bit of advice on networking, which I know is a common question you get all the time, uh, but what would be the single easiest tip that you could give? And then I want to hear about your 20 year old self. Oh boy. Okay. So the, this easiest tip I would give is, is kind of a two part tip. It's to just be you yourself and to be consistent. I like that. Those are both good. I'm going to steal those. (laughs) All right. Um, And the second question uh, about my 20 year old self Um, I think, so I think I would have done more internships. I like that one that you said, and I, I would have actually found, um, a mentor. Ooh, that's a good answer. Really important. And that's something I kind of look back on, wish that I had a strong mentor in my life. It took me a while to realize that it's important to have that. I don't need to do everything on my own, that it's good to have someone in front of you. Who's, you know, five, 10 years ahead of where you aspire to be. I like those answers. I wish I, I'm, we're going to go back and edit this thing and I'm going to use those as mine. <laughs> All right. Do you have any final words of advice to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? I think I want to reiterate the fact that I need you. You want to be different. You want to speak to people in a way that, you know, resonates, not speak down to them or try to sell them. Just talk to them the way you'd want to be spoken to. Uh, make sure that you actually have a real niche and that you can clarify it. Of course, I'm 
going back again, that's why I like animated videos so much and explainer videos, because you can work those in there. Uh, and then to steal yours, which I've said quite often, but didn't yet until you said it, uh, consistency can really trump almost everything else. There's a lot of great networkers out there. Let me back up. There's a lot of mediocre networkers out there who have probably beaten great net networkers just because they showed up regularly where the great one might not have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. I love it. Really good advice to share. So Charles, if anyone was interested in getting in contact with you, what's the best way they can reach you? A couple of ways. First and foremost, you can always visit my website, your charlesalexander.com you can email me at charles at your charlesalexander.com or connect with me on linkedin fantastic we will include all of that information in our show notes thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today Lori. i appreciate it and you have a great day you too this wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Charles for taking the time to connect with us. If you want to continue the conversation on networking and building your community, join our Facebook group. Just go to facebook.com and search for Social Capital Network. If you need me, send an email to Lori at socialcapitalpodcast.com. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.